Corey. <laughs> okay. uh, just full disclosure, we actually this is we had a false start, and so this is our second start. But Matthew, uh, it has been like a long time since we've done this. I know. It's been like eight months. Eight months. Yeah, it's been eight yeah. months. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> I really wanted to make sure I got that in there. Yeah, <laughs> just to stay. I want to be relevant. Well, you went on sabbatical. I, yes. Right. And then left me alone. And then when you came back in September, we just never started podcasting. It's true. Yeah. Things have, well, it, and I think the world has just been in a weird, a weird state, right? So it's, it, it, I think every, all of us are trying to get our bearings. In general like, yeah. or without us? Well, without us. Yeah. And also in general. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's right. Um, but you're right. It has been, it's been a long time. And we, I think we always, we talked about it a lot. We said like, we should do the podcast again. Yeah. And then stuff, life takes over and Yeah. That's right. But what what like what have you been up to, man, for the last eight months? <laughs> just, just getting Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. Okay. And you did too. Oh, my joke doesn't work as well. Remember, I had the I had that funny joke the first time because Matthew said, "Well, we had Omicron," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know you were pregnant." <laughs> ah, it was funny. Baby and Omi. Baby, baby Omicron. Oh, we I have know. an Omi. That's Sherry's mom. Sherry's oh. mom's. We call her Omi. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, you had Omicron, which is uh, was it pretty nasty? Yeah, it's not mild. No, yeah, I know. They say it's mild, but it's actually not that mild. Well, I didn't feel like it was mild. I mean, I think like people are like, well, mild means not in the in the hospital. Not in the like, ICU, yeah. Well, okay, I didn't, I wasn't. I was thinking mild was like, oh, you're going to have a few like little symptoms or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but. right. Which some people do, I guess, but we didn't either. Like we had it, I felt like a train hit me. Yikes. And so did Isaac just had it now, our son Isaac, and he, yeah, him and his wife Hannah. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty tough, but Thankfully not, yeah, not like hospital visits or anything, which is good. Yeah. I still have a cough, so if you hear me, it's not it's not COVID anymore. I think I had it. At the time, by the way, I was going to say, like, I, I never, I don't know for sure that I had it, but I think I did because I think my worship department got it after me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I never got tested because at the time they were saying, and they're saying it now too, uh, there's big lineups, like, just don't bother getting tested. If you feel like you've got symptoms, then lay low. And again, because the symptoms are a little milder, we've, you know, it's a little better. So I don't think that was the true reason. I don't think you're being honest with podcast <laughs> listeners. You would, just don't like that little thing stuck up your nose. Okay. It was, um, it was, there was, I feel like there are <laughs> long of, lines, quote unquote, <laughs> actually right. is Corey's afraid <laughs> of that little I hate that thing. idea kills me, but I also felt justified in my decision because of the fact that Bonnie Henry said, you don't have to do it. <laughs> but it's true I know I was like Sherry's like you're, you're such a wimp and I'm like just the thought of something and you said you had it and it was pretty nasty like the, yes. the thing up your nose yes uh, yeah no I'm glad I didn't do it I don't I'm not I don't regret it I don't regret not doing it no no it feels so invasive I know it's yeah. very invasive it's nasty yeah <clears throat> um, what do you uh, just you know the we should do the social niceties here like what um, what are you what are you watching what are you reading these days what's what's going on in your mm. in your world yeah um, well, uh, <clears throat> Corey and I were actually just enjoying a, um, you and I were just enjoying a, a Hillsong video with, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, with, with Brooke, some old um, school songs. So anyone yeah. who like loves old school worship, yeah. um, the song breathe yeah. from the vineyard and, um, delirious is what a friend I found mm-hmm. done, uh, by Hillsong. And yeah. it's such a beautiful video. You can find it on YouTube. It is. Yeah. We were talking a bit about, about Hillsong and about like, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like you can easily, you know, you can you can have sort of a l- little bit of a cynicism around big anthem arena worship things mm-hmm. and lights and expensive, you know, all this stuff, you know. And of course, it's all relative because at the same time, we're like, well, we're at a church where we have really great gear that, you know. But then it's also like, man, but there's something about, it's just so beautiful, like these, seeing these, these, these great musicians um, do this stuff, that they're doing this, you know, seemingly, unless they're being dishonest, like they seem to really be doing it for, for God and for people and... I don't know. You know, yeah. it's like it's a bit of a funny thing, but it it really is beautiful. There's something very special about it, and yeah, quite beautiful. Totally. Yeah, I love that video. Totally. Yeah, um, I'm I'm also reading a um, uh, two biographies, and one uh, is of John Wesley, but the oh, yeah. other is of um, Eugene Peterson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, who? Win Collier. I think he just he just wrote. It's called "A Burning in My Bones." Oh, or is it new? It must be brand new. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eugene, it's really he's good. like Eugene is like your, he's one of your heroes, right? He I think. is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Hmm. Eugene yeah. and the other one, John Wesley. Yeah, John cool. Wesley. Hmm. Really interesting character. Is he? Yeah, I'm learning about him and his his brother Charles and, and their journeys. Be. That's right, Charles. Yeah. 
I didn't realize there was such a big conflict between Wesley, who really believed in free will, yeah, yeah, and George Whitfield, mm. who was really into predestination and right. the conflict that they had. Like they were mm. actually part of, they were friends, yeah, and they were kind of part of the same movement, mm. but a growing rift between them in how they preached, yeah, that one would preach kind of a more predestination and the other more free will. And mm. it's actually kind of sad to see the rift there, mm. like grow um, between John Wesley and George Whitfield. And because they're both like incredible preachers and like God was using their, their ministries in huge, huge ways. But mm. anyway, so I'm just reading their story yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then reading about Charles Wesley and he like wrote somewhere between four and 10,000 songs. Amazing. Like, eh? It's just crazy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's wild. That sounds really good. I'd be actually, I'd be really interested in that because I'm I'm fascinated by John Wesley. Without, I don't know a ton about him, but mm-hmm. it sounds really interesting. It's yeah. I know it's it's amazing. It's so humbling when you look at like even like um, Johann Sebastian Bach. Like his yeah. He he wrote probably uh, you know what this is where my ignorance uh, or my lack of memory comes in. But he wrote thousands of songs as well because he was writing for every week. He would write mm. like you know. Uh, stuff for the organ or whatever, like for his church that he was a part of, and like was he the music minister? Yeah, yeah, he was, or the, yeah, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever the current name or the name of it was. But yeah, that's he was employed by by the church to do this, and and he would always write to the glory. I forget the uh, the Latin for it, but the glory of God or Soli Deo Gloria. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, right, right, and um, yeah. It's anyways. It's just mm. it's humbling, right? Because you're like, man, and you guys didn't have any of the software no. or technology that makes songwriting that much easier now, right? And he's like writing it all up by hand, and yeah, crazy. I wonder if he called himself the cultural architect. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he did. In German, though, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that again? <laughs> Just a big pastor in America. <laughs> Those big <laughs> Who shall remain nameless. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, he uh, likes to call himself the cultural, cultural. architect of his church. <laughs> I like the idea. Just the name. I wonder if he regrets that name, because I remember that. That was like... That, that was like 15 years ago, I think I, that was what oh, okay. he was calling himself. So I wonder if he, A, if he still is calling himself that. It's Erwin McManus, just so we all know. Corey. Is that bad? He just said the name. That's okay. What's wrong with saying the name? It, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't say anything <laughs> bad about him, except for you don't like the title. <clears throat> um, but uh, I don't know. If, I wonder if he still calls himself the cultural architect. Well, we could probably Google it right <laughs> here. <laughs> right. I'm sure everyone's just waiting. They want to know. But what are you uh, reading? What are you watching? What are you um, Okay. So, so we're, I'm reading uh, a great, I'm, I'm reading a couple of books. Well, one is, uh, cons- it's called Consuming Fire. And it's actually, it's actually kind of my devotions these days. It's like, um, I love George MacDonald, as you know, who was uh, like a, a 19th century, um, he's, he was from, originally from Scotland, and he was just this wonderful uh, pastor and poet and author. And he wrote like children's, he's actually known, he's probably at the time was known mostly, he made most of his money or made a living with his children's books and stuff. And or his, his stories, but he was just a really revered, like Mark Twain was his buddy, and he was like, um, C.S. Lewis said that George MacDonald is his master, you know, uh, mm. Chesterton has felt that way, Tolkien as well, these guys were all impacted by him. So I'm reading Consuming Fire, which is actually a collection of um, uh, his, his this large work of his called Unspoken Sermons, mm. and it, they took it and they actually split it into, I think it's like 80% of Unspoken Sermons, they split it into 365 days. Um, so they're just like little, kind of like a page right up for each one. It's just very beautiful. He was, he just had this enormous love for Jesus. Like he, and he just, he just, it's, it's actually quite, it's almost funny how much he just was, he always talks about the beauty of God and, mm-hmm. and the love of God and just how merciful and like kind and good. And, you know, he was just, he was just so obsessed with that part of God. And he actually grew up in a very, a very rigid conservative culture who really believed in kind of more of an angry, rigid um, God who is in a constantly bad mood kind of thing. Mm. And he, so he really was swimming upstream. Wow. Anyways, I'm reading that. And then another book by, uh, it's actually a book by one of my favorite authors, uh, David Bentley Hart. And it's called Moonlight with Roland. And it's Ooh. actually, it's, re- sorry, I don't want to talk forever about this, but it's, he's just, he's so great. He's this giant of a scholar and theologian and philosopher. And he's like, he, he's an Eastern Orthodox guy. And, but this book is kind of like memoirs because he loves, Matthew, get ready. He loves dogs. He, I just found this out. Is he Roland loves, the dog? He, Roland's a dog. It's his dog. No way. So it's, it's actually this beautiful, hilarious, me, kind of written like memoirs. So it's like mostly true, 
And then suddenly his dog is talking to him about how he disagrees with Sigmund Freud about this particular theory. It's, it's like really funny. And his dog is constantly correcting him, which is even more funny because Bentley Hart is the kind of guy who's he's a little grumpy and he'll like, he masters everyone. Like any debate you hear him, he's just like, and he just like doesn't hold back, you know. But his dog, meanwhile, is just constantly disappointed in him and being, he kind of sighs in a disappointed way and explains like, no, no, no. Like actually, if you, if you take it down to its root, you'll understand that. You know, it's just, it's super funny. So it's, it's actually a really beautiful book and, and it's nice to get to know him a little bit. He's kind of mm. a bit of a recluse from like social media stuff. So you don't really get to know too much. I didn't even know if he was married and I found out that yes, indeed he is married and he has a son and yeah. It's really good. So Moonlight cool. with Roland, really good. Cool. Oh, that's great. Sorry, guys. That was a long, how long? What is that? We're like 10 minutes in. Oh, it's not too bad. We're at 10 minutes in. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, but the reason we started, restarted the podcast was because we wanted to um, maybe kick off the podcast in alignment with the Digitology series. Yes. Yep. That's right. We just started that this last Sunday. So yeah. So we want to have a little chat about that. Okay. I'm ready. Hit me. I We have not, I, I don't know anything that you're about to say to me. <laughs> This could be a trick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. This is, yep. This is how I do um, my best work. Well, the first thing I, I wanted to, to talk about was just this, um, I just wanted to hear from you, just your story a little bit of like, I shared a bit of mine on Sunday, but being being a digital immigrant or a natural born di- digital citizen, and mm. the date is 1980. Like if you were born before 1980, yeah. um, then you're called a digital immigrant, which means you've moved into the digital space and mm. you've had to learn new things Um but you knew a time where there that you didn't use it, you know, yes. like you had yeah, to learn yeah. how to work with a computer or you had to learn a smartphone or yeah. learn social media. Whereas kids growing up after 1980, in many ways, like they obviously had to learn it as well, but it was more just like they were growing up fluent mm, um, yeah. rather than almost like learning a new language. Yes. Um, uh, and so, yeah, like, where are you at? Like, do you, do you remember kind of your first computer, your first cell phone, your first, um, yeah, social yeah, media? I do. It's crazy. Like, yeah, no, I do. And I, it's, uh, I'm definitely an immigrant like that way. And so I social, what do you, what do you, what do you say? Social immigrant? No. Uh, just a digital immigrant. A digital immigrant. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I remember the first cell phone I got, I think I was, I think I was married when I got my first cell phone. Hmm. I think Sherry and I did. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, and even, and learning, like, and I remember, like, hearing about, like, texting, and I was like, oh, like, well, how do you text? And, and I kind of figured it out, and you have to, like, you know, like, for, like, A or... T9? Yeah, 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 yeah. you do, like, you have to, like, punch it in a few <laughs> times, right. and, which I kind of miss now, like, I'm like, oh, actually, I would, I would have that kind of, you had a flip phone forever. I did. I remember that. You yeah. were like, I don't want to, I don't want an iPhone. You're like, I'll go with flip phone. Oh, really? I forgot that. Yeah, 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 you and oh. I, we, on our little uh, trip to Texas, we took years back. I remember, I think you were talking to me about it, you're like, I, I just want a flip phone. I don't want an iPhone. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So I, I had a flip phone, and then find yeah, and then we graduated into and even into like you know the world of iPhone, the world of kind of smartphone, and uh, and I you know I grew up with like a Vic twenty Commodore Vic twenty anyone, and then a Commodore sixty four I think, wow. but even that wasn't online yet I don't think no it wouldn't have been online, right I don't think these I things weren't no they weren't until later on the internet I remember, yeah it, there was just so much that was new and mysterious and and even, I think the biggest thing for me as which we can all recognize is just how, and you talked about this, but how much quicker everything suddenly, well, not suddenly, yes. over a period of years became, right? Like music, I, I remember like going to the store and, you know, if like this new band was coming out with this new album, you know, I'd go there and it's like, oh, shoot, they sold out. And like, when are you going to have them back in? It's like probably two weeks. Okay. So two weeks later, I'd go to the store and like, sure enough, I got it. You know, I got the CD or I got the cassette, depending on how long ago it was, you know, and, and it, it might've been just for one song, but it's like, yeah. no, you got to buy the whole thing. You can't, Isn't you that can't, weird? Yeah, it's so weird. And isn't it weird that right now we can have it instantly? And like, do you remember when U2 forced its album on everyone who had yeah, iTunes? yes. Like right. everyone just got it and people hated it? Yeah, like they, they didn't did like, that. like that. Yeah, that was too yeah. intrusive. U2, they're funny because they're, they're so forward-looking. I feel like they've always been forward-looking. They mm-hmm. were the first, I think they were, weren't they the first like iPhone or Apple Music. It wasn't Apple Music then, but it was iTunes. Like they, they were the first band, I think. I think so. Or at least big yeah. band that that embraced this idea. And I remember I had yeah. friends that were musicians. They're like, oh, forget it. MP3 is terrible. I would never do an MP3. Like, you know, it's got to be. And I, and people saying like, oh, this, it's a fad. Like it's not going to, this is not going to last. And it's yeah. like, no. That was the, that was the birth of the, um, I think the iPod or something was when they, they yeah. first came, they, they embraced it. Yeah. Well, I know you were at Yorkson on Sunday, but I, I, at Walnut Grove, I held up my iPod, my original iPod. Oh, I you brought, still I, have it. I still have it. Yeah. 
Is it like a white, like the little white one? White with silver back on yeah. it. And the actual, like the, like you can actually move the like. Yeah. Yeah. The little dial or whatever. The dial. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah. No, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a digital immigrant that mm. way. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about like your, your kids a little bit later on. Sure. Um, yeah. And how you've raised children because oh, yeah. we are just asking those questions and you have kind of walked through yeah. those questions, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wanted to just kind of just hear a few of your thoughts on this idea of law and wisdom. So just kind of saying, oh, is the digital stuff that we engage with, is it good or evil? And on Sunday, I argued that that's the wrong question, that for the next four weeks, uh, we want to move the conversation away from talking about law to talking about wisdom. Mm-hmm. And um, that that really, uh, rather than going, okay, is a smartphone or Facebook or whatever um, – right or wrong, good or bad, that really won't, we want to say more like wisdom, like what's the best way to live in a complex world. Um, and so, so, so the, the idea there is that then, um, all of these things are neutral. They're, they're just tools, Mm -hmm. um, like a hammer. So like you use a hammer to hit a nail into wood and you wouldn't want to use it to toss a salad, you know, I I guess you could, but it's not its proper use. Yeah. So really we're asking, how can I use this tool in a way that leads to human flourishing? Or how do I use this tool in a way that allows me to love God and love my neighbor? And that we're kind of more asking wisdom questions. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you resonate with that? Or I totally resonate with that. that. Yeah. I really, I appreciated that distinction because I think, I do think that we're a little, I think we're often too quick to jump to just that dichotomy, bad or good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think so often there's like, it's like black or white. Well, it's like, well, there's like millions of colors in between, you know? Um, and I feel like this is very, yeah, very clearly an example of that where it's like, it's, yeah, it, of course there's so much. And, and you talked about this too. Like I, I, I like that a lot because there's so much, obviously that is really good. There's so much good about the internet and about technology and about devices. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and of course we also know the obvious other side of it, that there's so much that has that, that didn't necessarily exist or options didn't exist. 15 years ago that now exists for people. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah, this changes a lot of things. And this suddenly puts whole, all sorts of potential for unhealthy pathways in in front of us, like right in front of us. And so, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, but I do appreciate that. I think it's good. Wisdom is, is a far better way of looking at it than saying, this is like, yeah, this is good. This is bad. This is, you know, and it's also, to be honest, I think it's actually a more humble approach too, which I always appreciate. Mm. It's less, um, Again, I think sometimes it, the tendency can be for for pastors to be like, to be very very clear. This is right and this is wrong, and this is you know it's like black and white, very clear. Yeah. I like the idea of saying I think it's important to yeah to seek, yeah what's the better way? What's the healthy way? What's a way that actually, yeah helps us to flourish? Live. Jesus says that He comes to give us life and life abundant. What's what does that mean? And how do we with this particular topic? How do we, yeah how do we move in a direction that is healthy and that's actually for our own flourishing and the flourishing of the world so i I like that a lot well i i actually really struggle with preaching on wisdom i would prefer to preach law Mm. like i think sure because i i don't love video games Mm. i mean the funny thing is actually i kind of have fun with them when i play with them but but i've just seen such destruction Mm. that comes from video games yeah and lots of young people that seem to not be able to function well in the real world and yet are addicted to video games. Now, mm. I'm, I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a link there. Yes. Uh, and just they just seem like they escape into video games. And, and so I, I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm tempted to say something like video games are evil. Mm. When I think of like, you know, all the Call of Duty or um, the, you know, the, the video games that are like um, Grand, Grand Theft, Theft Auto. Auto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> and, and I'm just like, oh, I just don't want my kids near that at all. Like, I don't ever want them to have video games. So I'm just curious, like, have you, have you let your kids have video game? Yeah. So, I mean, now my kids are, now I don't, I don't we don't make those kinds of decisions for them because mm-hmm. they're, you know, 22, 21 and 19. So, um, but, but we definitely had rules around that growing up. And again, it's hard. It's funny because I do feel like things have changed so much, even in five years. Right. But, but for sure, no, we actually were, our kids begged us for like, uh, like the, uh, you know, PlayStation or what was it? What's, uh, Sony PlayStation. And see, it's so funny. I'm like (laughs) Sega Genesis. Uh, (laughs) Atari, <laughs> Sega Genesis. When I was in high school, that was the thing. Nintendo I know. versus Sega Genesis, and I all my, I had a friend who had a Genesis, and I had a Nintendo, and 
anyways, uh, yeah, seriously, whatever it is, I can't, so I can't keep track of that. But, um, right. and I've never really been into video games, so at least not heavily, although I did have a Nintendo. So, but that was different back then, Super Mario Brothers. And, but with our kids, we actually, what we did was we actually went with the Wii, uh, is what ah, we went with. Right. Yeah. Because we were like, okay, so we don't, like, we always have tried to not be, we, we haven't wanted to be, to be honest, like the weird Christian parents. We've tried to, like, seriously, we're just like, it's a high value for us. Because uh-huh. um, I just knew, I knew a lot of weird Christians. Can you explain that for people? Like, what <laughs> okay. does weird Christian parent mean? Um, you know, just where it's like, where you're, it feels sometimes like, you know, you're living on a different planet and you're, and you're, it, it's a bit of that, um, it's a bit of, of that circle the wagons kind of um, mm. idea mindset where it's like, you know, the world, world is bad. That's a very appropriate image these days. Thanks. Yeah. Circling the wagons. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know Tell I mean? us more about that image. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm trying. You put me on the spot. Um, you know, the idea of very protective, uh, yes. very much like, yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. world, good church. Yes. Good Christian, bad rest of the world, you know. And and yeah. so, and my kids, they went to a public school and, and I don't actually believe that idea anyways, that the world is bad. I think the ba- God loves the world and, and he's mm-hmm. created a very beautiful world. And as with everything, there's brokenness in the world. But so, so I think we, we wanted to, I'm always like, as much as we can, I love the idea of, of enjoying um, what culture has to offer as much as I'm able to do that. I think I want to be a big yes person as much as I can be. Right. Anyways, that's, I could talk for a long time about that. But anyway, so we, we were like, well, how can we, we don't want to just be like, forget it. But I was like, I'm like, I don't want you playing Grand Theft Auto. I don't want you playing like games where you're like, you know, you're killing. It's funny because we, and you're just kind of figuring out as you go, right? I remember there was a point at one point later on when they were older, 17 or something. And and we're like, okay, so I'd rather you not be killing humans. Are there games that you, and and so of course, Isaac's like, this game, what is it called again? Uh, We're not killing humans. They're like aliens you're killing. So I'm like, (laughs) okay. That actually makes me feel a little better. Let's do that, you know? And then anyways, eventually, I think now they'll sometimes play whatever. All, like, you know, we don't, we're just like, okay, you're, you're an adult now. Now you get to make your own decisions and we're here for advice and stuff if you want. But yeah, we started with the Wii uh, and that was quite a while. We went with the Wii and kind of games that were more sports oriented and mm. kind of fun. And you could actually, you know, they're actually, I think, reasonably decent exercise. You're moving your arms around. And, um, and then eventually, I think we caved when they were like a little, like 17 or 16, 17, maybe. I don't know. My kids would be like, no, dad, we were this age. But but it, it, yeah, we tried to kind of just, um, we knew it was coming. And I think we just tried to kind of like hold back, like kind of inch by inch, maybe and yes. let them kind of go there. So that was kind of how we did it. And we did, sorry, lastly, we we always did try it. We had lots of good conversations, I think, around around the good and the bad that that the world around us offers, you know? And I think right. we talked a lot about that stuff. about And it came to artists and stuff too. Like my son, when he was 11, wanted to, by Eminem, like he wanted to listen to Eminem, you know, mm-hmm. Isaac did. And, and we, we had a long conversation about why I didn't want him to, to be downloading Eminem music right now, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I was like, anyways, whatever. So yeah, we had good conversations about that. Yeah. Yep. Well, I like, honestly, when you share all that, the key words I feel like in there are, um, uh, we had conversations. Yes. That's yeah. very positive. Yeah, we did. And it sounds like you were wrestling with wisdom. Yeah, I think so. Rather than just on the one hand, just adopting completely, just like, well, these things are out so there. What are you going to do? Might as well, who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah. And the other side, which what you were describing is almost like Christians against the world, kind of yes. like yeah. Christ against culture, like like nothing in culture is good. Yeah. And so, but it sounds like you guys were trying to walk a, a fine line and try to do what's best for your kids. Yeah. Um, I think so. We were trying. Yeah. But it, it, I know exactly how you, I'm not sure if you're feeling this yet or not, but you will, I'm sure soon. Like it's, yeah, you just, at the time, looking back, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had, some of those were, obviously we had so many mistakes and, but some of those things were good and we had good conversations. Like, mm-hmm. but at the time you're just like, I have no idea. Like, are we, are we way too like loose with this? Are we, are we being way too stringent? Like, are we being like, you know, too strict about, you know, all those things that you're just trying to figure out and yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough, man. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> yeah, this is this. One of my questions for you was going to be like, what's we talked about proper place, mm. the phrase proper place that Andy Crouch and his tech book, TechWise Family um, said that that um, kids need need to allow these tools to be or f- families need these tools to be in their proper place mm, mm-hmm. and working for you, like somehow right. contributing to the good. Mm. Um and um, so, yeah, so that was going to lead me to ask you about, you know, the proper place of the digital world in the Allstead home and, mm-hmm. and what that's like. And and um, like one of the one of the things that I used on Sunday was just this idea of going to Facebook and saying, hey, for 
20 minutes. I don't want to just use that as like a, a figure that you have to live by, but like, I'm just saying ish, like 20 yeah, minutes yeah. ish, you pop on there, you see some new things, you like a few comments, you get some updates from family and friends, send a message to a couple people. And then you go, that was great. I connected with some people, got some important updates. Now I'm going to be praying for this person because I know they're going through this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then it's, um, it's not sucking me into comparison. I'm comparing yes. my life with others mm-hmm. and feeling terrible about myself. And also I'm not like being drawn into polarizing headlines mm. or, um, or even that effect that I know that Bono was playing around with in their zoo TV tour, which is the idea that like you can change the channel. You can be on like a world vision commercial and then you can go to the Iraq war mm. <laughs> or yeah. then you can go to like an ad for a toaster. And totally. it's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did what just happened in my soul or in my brain when I went from a starving child that I could help with for $30 a month yeah. to images of war to needing to buy a toaster? Yes. Like yeah. how fast your brain has to process things yeah. and you don't really, you know, so I'm just saying like then if you're on, on, on Facebook and just scrolling up past pictures, I mean, I've had the experience of like, well, I know we all have, it's like somebody's family member dies. Yes. So you have to like pick like a little face that yes, you're going to yeah, like yeah, you're, use, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, emoticon, yeah. emoticon. And then, um, and then, and then you keep scrolling and you see what someone has for dinner. Right. And you're yeah. like, Ugh, like, how do mm-hmm. I? So anyway, I'm just like wanted to like um, talk about proper place and mm. the proper place, certain devices kind of um, the right place that they should they, for them to be working for you, not not against you. Yes. Um, yeah. And I know you kind of answered that, but but yeah. What any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think like um, it's funny. I feel as, as though like because I yeah, I think your your description there of like going on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, like Twitter and and like just kind of giving yourself twenty minutes and having having fun with it. Or like I I do think there's also a place I would add to what you said. And I think you maybe kind of said this, but I would also add there, there's also there is a place for entertainment in our world. Yes. You know, and it's sure. like you, you watch, you know, parks and rec or whatever, you know, whatever you're going to watch, you know, for, for half an hour. And it's like funny, you have a good laugh. It doesn't necessarily make you a better human being. If we want, if we want to be super functional about that half an sure. hour, but it also, it contributes to your, your day. It contributes to the, you know, your, your happiness in the moment and, you know, whatever it's like probably hopefully harmless for the most part. And whatever I, you know, I don't, I'm just not worried about that to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like there's also a place for that side of things as well with, mm-hmm. with social media where it's just like light. Yeah. Just light and fun. And it's like, sure. like, Oh, that's, you know, funny memes or, you know, you're looking at stuff and it's laughing. It's great. You know, it doesn't, yeah. I don't know that it always has to be, you know, like, I think it's great if you do see someone, you know, I want to pray for them and I'm going to walk away and pray for them with this thing here. I think it's also okay to just like to be on there and be like, that was really fun. You know, that was, or like, you know, that's hilarious. I got to share. I got to make sure that I send that to what's his name. He'll love that. You know, yeah. there's that side of it too. That's totally okay. Yeah. Um, that is a good point. That's a good corrective because I think in this series, I might have a tendency to be very quite serious about everything, mm-hmm. about like all of the choices in front of us. Right. Um, but you're right. There is this kind of. By the way, I can't believe you watch Parks and Rec. I mean, I can't believe you. I'm just. I'm to kidding that about that. Obviously, I would never watch on that. the podcast. No, no, it's ter- yeah, yeah. I'm joking around. Obviously, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking just, around. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I mean, I, I feel like you're right. Like it's good for a good laugh, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. and and it's light, and you don't have to overthink it. Sure. Yeah. Um, totally. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um. So. So one of the one of the things that I really love um, about the rich young ruler story is that phrase Jesus looked at him and loved him. You should maybe give just for people that weren't there on Sunday. Yes. So rich young in, ruler. Yeah, a, a young man comes up to Jesus. He wants life. He says, "How? What can I do to get eternal life?" Jesus seems to notice he's got a problem, mm-hmm. and it has to do with money. And I was drawing a comparison between money and the digital age, saying these are neutral things. Like money is just a tool; it's not good or evil. Mm. But clearly money had taken a hold of this young man's life in a way maybe that it had also with Judas as well, mm. or with a, yeah. but maybe not with Peter or John, you know? And so he's going to tell this guy um, to, to drop it and mm. to give it to the poor. But then the big thing was it's a relational invitation, like come to me to mm-hmm. have life. Um, and so... I really love that line that Jesus looked at him and loved him, that, that this act of, this is all an act mm. of love. Yeah. And, um, 
and, and that there's a call to lay things down. And so I know that when I was talking with you about that before the sermon, you were like, well, is it always all or nothing? Mm-hmm, you know, right. like, but I go there very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. like, you know, when something happens in my life, my quick thing is like, we'll get rid of it. Like, right, just right, right, right. chop yeah, it yeah. out. Yes. You know? and, and so yeah. that's why I love this story with Jesus. Because yeah. <laughs> right, he's right. just like, you know, and, I've, and partly you know my story of yeah. just like, I had to get rid of the internet and my laptop for mm-hmm. a very long time. I didn't, you know, and, and that actually brought life to me. Like, I literally felt healing begin because I got rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you're actually wired a bit differently in a good way because you will sometimes push back at the black and white nature of sometimes how I talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. So like, did you, I mean, I mean, obviously this is a story in scripture, Yes. Yeah. but <laughs> so I'm not saying to push, I mean, you know, but what would be your pushback to like, you know, someone who operates in the digital world only this way? you know, all or nothing. Yeah. I, I would, I would feel like a strong pushback to that. Yeah. Um, not that like I, I'm curious to know and we'll find out, we will ask Jesus together one day. Um, tell mm-hmm. us more about that story, <laughs> you know, cause, cause it's, it's also like, we know that Jesus spoke in hyperbole sometimes as well. Right. Like he, you know, if you're, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. You know, I don't, I don't know that he was actually literally saying you should cut out your eye because right. he knew that every single person that he was talking to actually, actually their eyes were causing them to sin. He would have known that. Sure. You know, so sure. he, so, you know, part of me is like, oh, okay, is, you know, is with the rich young ruler, was was he being absolutely serious? Although it seems like the rich young ruler definitely thought he was and walked away sad. And, mm-hmm. and but then again, there's this, I, I love, <laughs> this is maybe classic Corey, but I love further on in the story where his, where he's like, you know, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to get through the eye of a needle, you know? And, you know, again, hyperbole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his disciples are like, well, who then, like, how is anything possible, basically? How can this, um, how can anyone, I forget what they say exactly. How can anyone be saved? Yeah, how can anyone be yeah. saved, you know? And then he's like, well, with, with man, it's impossible. Um, but with God, everything's possible. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> you know, part of me is like, okay, good. Because, like, I think I think Christians have, rest, I always, I, I feel, I've always felt like we're all kind of trying to make ourselves feel a little better about the story, you know, and be like, so, he, you know, he, he probably wasn't actually, you know, and it's like, well, he kind of said, like, totally sell everything and, but and, sure. And this story was big for St. Francis. Of right. Assisi, yes, right? that's like, right. I remember big, that. Big story for and him. And he, li- that's what he did, right? Because uh-huh. he was, he was from a wealthy home. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he, li- didn't he strip naked and he just like walked out of town or something, I think, right? You took that too far. No, <laughs> no I think he did. Did he not? <laughs> I don't know. Like, in all of his glory, just he, uh, I think, so. <laughs> just the way the good Lord made him, he walked out of town. I think, I think he did actually. Anyways, huh. but, so, anyways, I guess I feel like my, so I feel like Jesus, um, the, I feel the same way that I feel about Jesus upsetting the tables in the temple. I'm like, Jesus gets to have that kind of anger. Right. I don't know that I do. Right. Um, and act on it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus gets to say that kind of thing to that particular man in that particular time on that right. particular day. I don't know that that you do, <laughs> you know, not not you, Matthew, but you know, I'm I'm making up a scenario in my head. That person who's saying, you know, it's it's all or nothing. You you know, you get mm-hmm. rid of it, or you know, or or whatever. Although just, some people really feel like Jesus would call them to that. Sure, I feel a lot of things. But I'm telling you, it helped my life. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's right. It. I don't I don't mean to make little of it for sure. I think, and here's what I wrestle with with all of this yeah. with this conversation is like, what I wrestle with is. I truly believe that so much of this is relative because God knows exactly who we are. Like I have, I, I do not treat Isaac and Max and Ruby identically. I just don't. I know each of them. I know each of them. Yeah, good point. You know, I know how they're wired. That's I know right. what's going to work well mm-hmm. for Isaac. I, you know, as far as you know, when he was younger, and say like that's not okay or this, you know, and I know what what's what's not going to work well. What's going to work well, what's not going to work well. And so I feel like, and I know, I think for some people, we've talked about this before, but for some people to walk into a bar would be sinful for them. It would actually be something where they know they are, they are actually going against their conscience. They're going against what they feel God's spirit mm-hmm. is saying to them. And for others, it would be an act of worship, right? Right. They'd be going there saying like, I know that I need to, I need to do this and I need to actually go in there and I need to uh, be a light in whatever darkness I find, you know? And so I think you're that, such a new kind of Christian. Yeah. Going into the bar is your act of worship. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just going to go do my devos. Yeah, my church is in a pub. If you know what I mean, like uh, me and some buddies. Um, yeah, I'm a no, but I, but I really do believe that, right? I just, I just know too many people that are wired, like right. in such different ways. And I think, yeah, I would never, I would never say that what you did was 
was wrong. I think for me, what, where I get my back up more is when someone will take that equation and turn it into a formula hmm. and then say, so therefore I now know that you, because I felt convicted. Like if you said to me, you know, if you're, let's say you're struggling with temptation, you need to like, absolutely like it's black and white. You have to throw it out. You have to, and I, I think I would be like, uh, I'm not sure that I actually feel that way. I'm not saying that right. you couldn't say that. And it, it might come out of long conversations where you're like, yeah, this is a suge- suggestion because it really worked for me. But I, I guess I just, I've never been into a one size fits all. Right. Yeah. So that was totally. my pushback. Yeah. Which I appreciate your voice in my life. Like, it's funny because I, Thank I've you. actually sat down with lots of guys and I've, I've, I've made challenges like that. Like mm-hmm. they've given me yeah. their laptops and phones and I've actually kept them in, in my office, you know? I remember that. Yeah. But I do think that like, um, you are a great voice for, uh, wisdom, not law. <laughs> mm. And in terms of like making sure that like, we're kind of real about it and, um, loving about it and more nuanced about it. So, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, th- and I just, mm-hmm. the last thing I would say is I, I, you're, I know you've told me that before and I, and I always, I've never been like, I've never thought like, oh, that's, that's weird that you do that at all. Like, I'm like, oh, I trust that that is, I'm sure that that actually made a lot of sense. And I have friends like even with, with alcohol, I've had friends who have, for them, it was like, it has to be all or nothing Mm. and I'm done. I will never drink again. Mm. Uh, And that's it. And it's like, and I trust them. And I have other friends who are like, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm making up conversations, but, but basically saying like, I feel as though I'm becoming a little bit too dependent on alcohol. So I'm taking a break for a while, yeah. you know, a few months. And it's like, yeah, cool. That's great. It sounds like you're, you know, and they actually feel like they're being convicted to do that, you know? And it's right. like, I think that there is a, I think there's, there again, it's wisdom, right? And it's trying to be attentive to your God-given conscience, what the Holy Spirit is saying through your conscience, through whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, one of, the, one of the final things I want to bring up is just, just, um, just kind of the need to unplug. And I just have a few examples of this, but... Mm. Um, yeah, like at what point, I guess my big question is when do we say, okay, we, we do, I mean, I know it's continuing on the conversation that we've been having here, but like, when do we know it's time to unplug one of the, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up on Sunday, uh, and talk about it a bit more, but Lee Stein in an op-ed for the New York times, uh, that that's entitled the empty religions of Instagram, uh, says that so the social media industry relies on keeping us outraged and engaged it's no wonder we're seeking relief. It's actually a larger quote, and I'll read it, read more. But she actually just is writing this for the New York Times, just saying we're we're just exhausted because mm. because what social media is giving us is it's either keeping us hyper engaged, like we keep it's like we keep coming back to the well, but we're also outraged as well. Mm. Like it's just a clicking around into more outrage. And there's this there's this exhaustion that people are feeling. So I'm I'm wondering about the call away out of that. I also another example would be like the the metaverse. Um, mm. You know, in the metaverse, like you know, I was just actually listening to the New York Times about the metaverse, and like they're actually still unsure of how to fully define it. But but it's just a place that you could go to um, through numerous different channels. One of the most popular ones being virtual reality. Yes, but that yeah. your, your little avatar walks around and can like can go to church, can go to the movies, can, can go to your work and mm-hmm. meetings and can buy things. Right. And they're saying, uh, you know, like certain video games right now are already like, um, you're able to purchase things and, and, hmm. and so marketing company or, or like, um, you know, people like Microsoft or Walmart are already dealing, are already in, you know, hmm. trying to design the metaverse. And you're like, wow, it's just going to be one big shopping experience. Right. 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 Purchasing things. But, but this idea of like, when do we just unplug and say, man, that is escalating the escapism in such a huge way. Now this is, you're hearing my all or nothing. Yeah, 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 no, totally. But, um, uh, but but this guy, this, um, uh, author named Ian Harbour, um, in an article called how to prepare for the metaverse, he says, what happens when we identify more with a virtual version of ourselves Mm -hmm. than with our real selves? People may begin to conflate their God given identity with the self made identity that they craft in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden they're losing a distinction between who they are and who their avatar is. Mm -hmm. And then the third example, sorry, I know these are a lot, but I'm just like, um, uh, a, a guy named Jay Kim in his book, Analog Church, Church talks about like 
values of the digital age that turn on us. Mm. So he said like three of the values that are great about the digital age are speed, choice, and individualism. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have, we, we can get anything we want quickly uh, with choice, we have an endless amount of choices. And with individualism, everything is customizable to fit our unique person. Mm-hmm. But then he says those values actually turn upon the user so that, in, and I'm going to quote J. Kim. He says, yeah. the speed of the digital age has made us impatient. The choices of the digital age have made us shallow. And the individualism of the digital age has made us isolated. Hmm. So then we end up being impatient, shallow, and isolated. Right. So if I take these three examples, I'm like... Lee Stein is saying social media makes us outraged mm-hmm. and hyper engaged so that we can't not look. <laughs> uh, the metaverse <laughs> starts to conflate who, who am I really <laughs> in the metaverse. Right. Yeah. And number three, the values that we liked about speed, choice, and individualism are making us impatient, shallow, and isolated. Now, my tendency when I hear those three things, and this is my final question for you, but mm-hmm. just like... You know, at what point do we as the church need to become a prof- take a prophetic stance of what could look different? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we can offer real relationship, r- real presence to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, even the gift of worship together and communion together and learning together and sharing meals together. And, you know, it's like the, the church continues to be a embodied place where we gather together. Yes, yeah, yeah. And these three things make me just feel like, oh my goodness, like this thing is getting worse, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm coming to this four-week series a little bit like, I just want the rich young ruler experience of like, yep, okay. It'd be easier for me to feel like Jesus is calling us to be this prophetic countercultural community. Right. <laughs> and it's like, we will not participate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you're a perfect person to talk to about this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So is that all doom and gloom? I mean, when I mm-hmm. say those kind of things, mm-hmm. it feels a little alarmist. But sure. But no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Like, I think it's a real deal. It's a real thing. Like, it, and I and I say that from experience that I like. I know what it feels like to be just like ex- like exhausted, uh, like mentally, and just from mm-hmm. like, man, I just like I lost an hour doing nothing but just staring at this thing and scrolling, and you know, and and yeah, the comparison, all those things that happen, right? You're, right. it's like, and it it really is a it's a thing, and and we know that mental health is has skyrocketed, you know, like and yeah. uh, there's no everyone knows that there's no coincidence that this has so much to do with social media and and comparisons, and you know, and. So I yeah we def- and we've again with our kids as uh, even in the last four or five years when it's been more of a thing like it's it, we again just trying to be like look try it. like you got well not try it. depending on how old they are try or you know get off your phone but like you know like you got to try to limit your your time on your phone you know and, yeah. and and as I say it I'm always like and I need to try to limit my time on my phone because <laughs> totally. you know because I'm like I'm yeah. feeling I'm speaking to you from experience that this is not this is not flourishing you know it's yes. not at all and so. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to think the, uh, your question was basically like, is it too, is that too doom and gloom or is it too? Yeah. Like I'm feeling like, obviously I'm tempted to make this a, a good or bad law issue, Yeah, yeah, yeah right. but I'm also just tempted for us as a church to like, I want the church to kind of start to look differently than the world around us. I you think know, the, sorry. No, cause you, cause you are good at <clears throat> not the Christ against culture, but it's Christ, uh, within culture yeah, it was in a richard and niebuhr book culture or, and yeah like um, yeah it's uh or christ who transforms culture right yeah right yeah. like you're like i feel like you're really good at, at talking about that kind of mm. thing like mm-hmm. don't just throw everything out but no. like seek to be a transforming presence within but then i'm like how but i want to be a prophetic um life could look so much different yeah yeah you know like what if you weren't addicted to your phone? What if you weren't on social media at all times? What if you didn't engage in the metaverse? Like you mm-hmm. actually just, you just look different, you know? And so I'm saying you're often the one who kind of says, Matthew, what about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, both, both I hands? think, again, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like I do think it's tempting to do that. And I just, like it's, it's number one, it's clear to me, it's clear to all of us. Like it's not like this is going away. There is, it's like the internet, social media, it's it's there to stay and we can... Like, obviously, you could, there's lots of right answers. We could, I don't think the right answer is to choose to turn our backs on social media. And mm-hmm. and also, I would, to be honest, this is, you may not agree with me on this, but I feel like the church needs to stay in its lane a little bit, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I actually feel like, it's funny, I almost feel like you could rebrand the church to say this, we're a wellness center. <laughs> you know what I mean? And as I know, people would cringe oh, at that. Boy. 
No, no, but but for real, like what you just said, when you said sure. we embody, when people gather to worship, it's like I like I absolutely recognize in those moments of worship, whether I'm leading or participating, like in the in the um, part of our community, like like this is absolutely good for my mental health. Of course it is. Totally. There's no question. And when we when we pray together, when we confess our sins, when we um, have someone we go to the prayer room, someone prays us, we hear from the Word of God, when we're um, when we whatever, like take communion together, are reminded of Christ's death for us, His sacrifice, you know, Mm -hmm. out of love for us. And like I'm like, well, this is like sure, whatever, call it whatever we want. Like we're we gladly call it the church, of course. But I think I think that what I, I love the picture of saying this we are also a wellness center <laughs> like we actually are like come you know if you're you're heavy laden and burdened and yes. like you're thirsty it's like well come like come here we want to do our best to offer you something that is beautiful and eternal yes. and life-giving I, I don't love I don't love um, the church and, and you don't do this I'm so glad you don't do this I don't love seeing pastors like again giving black and white instructions on, you know, when you should not do this, you should not do this, you should not do this, you should do this and not this. You know, like, I'm like, I just don't know. Sure, maybe maybe back in the day when the church had that kind of authoritative credibility in the in the culture, mm-hmm. like maybe, I guess, I don't know. But we don't anymore. I don't think we do anymore. And I, I think we should recognize that and instead say we have something that we believe is beautiful and it's worth offering. And so, so instead of giving you instructions on what you should and shouldn't do, Instead, we're going to offer you a better way that we believe is better out of wisdom, mm-hmm. what we believe God is calling us to. And no, we're all humans here. None of us are perfect. We all wrestle with these things and we're trying to get better. We're, we take the Sabbath seriously. We take um, rest seriously. We take, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the... But do you know what I mean? A lot of this has totally. to do with posture and tone yes. more than it does like yes. specific, you know, like whatever rules and regulations and theology or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I think at, it, at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's wisdom. So that's true. Yeah. I I think where you and I probably like really would agree, like the idea of a weary world um, uh, coming to the church and seeing a different way of living. Yes. Beautiful is what you're getting at with this wellness idea is like, like I love that too. Um, I just feel like we need to look different (laughs) and I'm not saying I'm saying people who understand the tools that are before them, and have learned for them not to take over their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, what one of my friends who was new to Christianity a few years ago um, had said to me something really interesting. He had talked about eating dinners around a table. Yes. And he yeah. said, "I just love that about Christians. Hmm. They eat around a table. Yeah, like their families eat around tables. Yeah. And you know, I loved that. And then I was like, oh, I hope that's still true. I mean, it's true of our family. Like we yeah. like to eat around yeah. a table, Ours not in too. front of the TV." Um, once in a while we'll eat in front of the TV, but mostly around the table. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. know, that's definitely the rule. It's, we break it's the rule the once rule. in a while. Yeah. To- yeah. To- I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so I'm just like, oh, I hope Christians are still, I hope we're all still living in a way that's attractive to a weary world. Absolutely. Yeah. You I know, I totally agree with you. It's like their phone. Yep. They've got a smartphone. Totally. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't control them mm-hmm. when we hang out it's like his like he never once looks at his phone he's always like we're hanging out he's like engaged yeah. with those little things yeah i i was gonna make a joke about the thing that francis of Assisi never said about going to the world and <laughs> it's just a, a joke that keeps on giving but i do think our lifestyle really matters and i i, I would just yeah. rather i've always and that's just the way that i'm wired i would always rather um let our actions speak as opposed to always our our words when it comes to like when it comes totally. to setting guidelines or, or rules or whatever like but i but there at the same time i'm in no way minimizing the very clear um uh like fatigue mental fatigue and yes like and mental health issues like it's it's really a thing and i it makes me it does make me excited for the church in a way because i feel like i feel as though it's it's moved away from just a not just a but it's in some ways it feels clear that it's not just this um Sometimes Christians have been accused of just like, you know, worrying so much about behavior, you know, like like uh, behavior yes. modification. That's, yes. Um, and it's all like morality stuff. It's all, you know, I, I actually get excited about saying, no, we're, we're actually a place where I really believe you will, like, you'll benefit from being, like, I actually think, because I, I believe God is there. Yes. He is there. And people that love you, even though they don't know you, and they're not perfect, some of them will, will annoy you, probably. But... But this community, we, we do love each other, and we're messy, 
Um, but you'll find grace here and you'll find yes. acceptance and you'll actually, you know, I hope that you meet with God. Like, I think you will, if you, if you just let yourself let, like, let go for an hour and a half, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just come in. Uh, I love that. I get so excited because to me, I do, I, my picture of the church maybe, and I know there's, what do they always say? It's either some people look at it more as a hospital. Yes. Others look at it more as a, I always forget what the other. Like a hospital for sinners. Yeah. A hospital for sinners or a, 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 a country club for the saints or something like that. Yeah. Or so, I mean, that's a negative yeah. way. Like there's positive ways of looking at it too. Like right. sort of more where it's like a, or like a, a training center for the saints, you know, maybe that's okay. a better. So, yeah. and I think I always lean more towards the hospital, you know, a sure. hospital for, for sinners and which we all are sinners, but, but a place where we can actually help. Right. And, and our goal is not when you're in the ICU and someone comes in with a gunshot wound, <laughs> they're not saying, okay, listen, you know what, you need to, like, number one, where are you hanging out on the streets? Like, you, you know, it's like, no, right. they actually deal with what's going on and they try to help. Sure. And maybe sure. some point there's a conversation that's going to happen. But yeah. overall, the point is we want to bring, we want to help you. We want to restore you. We yes. want to help you restore. So, I don't know. That's good. That's tangenting. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, that's it for me. And I, I appreciate even having this conversation. And mm-hmm. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's really good to be back. This is it's good. It's a good, uh, really good series. I'm glad we're doing it. And I do appreciate, like I said, I'm I'm really glad that off the very at the very beginning, just that distinction between yeah, law hmm. as opposed to wisdom. I think that's a really that's a great way of looking at it and saying, how can we help each other just do better? Like to to live better, live in a way that is healthy for us and yes. therefore actually healthy for the world around us, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I love it. And thank you all for listening all the way to the end. Yeah, and look at that. I think we're under an hour. Whoa. Yes, we are. Matthew, this is like a whole new... This is 2022. Like we're, New Year's... We're rusty. No. Oh, you think we should go longer than an hour? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I don't we know. don't have anything to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. Uh, Our friendship took a hit in the last eight months. Oh, boy. That's, uh, we can... Um, Maybe there was no connection right now or no pizzazz. I felt like there was there was some good moments there. I felt like the <laughs> the hair on my arm stood up at one point. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's not gross. Isn't that like, like when someone <gasps> scary comes in the room? What? When, when your uh, hair on your arms? No, no, when, no. It's like, a, no. like someone's scary. When something holy is happening, the hairs oh. can stand up on your arm. Okay. I mean, and probably also if you're if a guy comes in with an axe or something, <laughs> that might also... I don't know if my the hairs on my... I think my heart just starts beating faster when I'm facing men with axes <laughs> this is okay. a terrible are st- way to are, end yeah, is, are we still recording <laughs> hang on oh shoot we Cut are it off. Uh, okay yeah yeah uh, okay good this has been good are we gonna um probably maybe meet next week as well i think so we gotta we, we gotta do, do something it. maybe we in do a couple something. weeks or yeah it's good hey man and hopefully uh hopefully we're nearing the end of the pandemic it seems like there's reason to be a little bit hopeful maybe like it seems to be coming down watch well in a year from now we'll be like remember how we thought oh yeah our hopes have been dashed so many times i know i know jeff Renault and i were like I was like, when it happened in March, I was like, when do you think this will be done? End of May, June first, and we were having like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yes, about yeah. like for sure the fall, months. for sure the fall. Yeah, I remember being like telling my teams like, yeah, I'm sure by the fall, but hopefully a lot sooner. Yeah, because that th- we had to flatten the curve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. And well, and, and we probably have done that, but it's it's resistant those little uh, COVID. Things. Those little bugs. Those little bugs. <laughs> the rones, as Max says. Okay. Thank you, guys. We love you, North Langley. Uh, yes. We will see you on Sunday. Bye.